Hey y'all, Kim Willis here with Things I Learned Yesterday podcast. One of my favorite things about my little corner of the podverse is getting to talk to really cool people. I love people so much, and listening to other people's experiences and stories can sometimes be better than therapy. My next guest has had quite the journey building her family. Megan Fuel lives in El Paso, Texas with her husband Jimmy and their four adorable kids. She's managing director at Beauty Counter and spends most days working and wrangling her babies. When I think about the purpose of this podcast, Megan's story is a perfect fit. She struggled with infertility and shares how God miraculously built her family through adoption and getting pregnant twice. We talk about some intimate parts of adoption that I hadn't really thought about. It opened my eyes and gave me even more empathy for both the birth moms and adoptive parents. Her story is beautiful, moving, and really special. I felt so inspired and good after we finished talking, and I hope that by sharing this conversation with you today, that you walk away feeling hopeful, good, and inspired too. So good to see you, and so good to see your face. You too. This is so fun. And, um, I love that you wanted to be on here. Um, like we were talking, I think, you know, part of the purpose of this podcast is obviously to learn new things about ourselves in the world that we live in, but also just to get to hear inspiring stories, um, from men and women all over. And I've known you for such a long time and I think you're so awesome and your story and your journey, um, is inspiring. And so I just wanted to get you on here to talk and so you could share your story. So, um, let's start. So we met in college. Um, that was like forever ago. Forever, forever. Um, and you know, your, your story and your journey pre-marriage is cool and awesome. But what I really right. want to talk about is post-marriage right. and infertility and adopting and, um, just your business and your life. Yes. So tell us, I guess, the moment that you <laughs> fell moment. in love. <laughs> My husband is amazing. I do. I love him so much. His name is Jimmy. And so we met in college um, and I was a senior and he was a freshman. And so that was, that was awesome. Nice. <laughs> nice. Um, and so we met right before we were going on this kind of spring break trip. Um, and I came home um, a few days before the trip and I told my roommate, if I fall in love with the Jimmy Fuel on this trip just don't be surprised that's oh that's gosh. probably gonna happen <laughs> and it did gosh darn it it Yay, sure did yeah. yeah it was wonderful <laughs> no we came back from the trip and just started dating and um got engaged and got married and that was that it was just it was a really sweet uh, dating and engagement experience so it was fun that's really so fun. Awesome. Yeah. So, so y'all, y'all were living in Austin. You were going to UT. Yes. And then how long were y'all, how long did y'all stay in Austin? Like so what happened we, after that? We got married in 2008. Jimmy was actually a, just finished his junior year. So we, you know, we were married <laughs> his whole senior year of undergrad, right? We're uh, such babies. Such fabulous. Babies. 23 and 21 at the time. And then oh I know. And then we, um, he went to law school in Austin. So we stayed in Austin for a while. Um, and then in 2012, as he was graduating, um, kind of the spring of his graduation from law school, 
um, we thought, you know, we want to move to El Paso. That's where he is from. Um, he had a secure job here. We really love the community here and, um, we love West Texas. And so we're like, that's good. This is a great plan. Let's move to El Paso. So 2012, we moved, uh, but that January, um, before he graduated, we were like, this, this will be so fun. You're going to have, um, at that point, I guess we've been married for four years and we mm. thought this would be a great time to kind of start a family. You, you know, you have a secure job. Um, at the time, I was doing some design, interior design work and um, for myself. And so it was really flexible. Like, mm -hmm. let's, let's start a family. And so that was that was our plan. Yeah. <laughs> start a family. And, yeah, which I think is a lot of people's plans, right? <laughs> yeah. Is we're yeah. like, let's, you know, that's the yeah. natural progression. Like, I don't remember how long Brian and I were married. It took us a little we were late bloomers for sure, but it took us a hot minute before we decided that we were going to have kids. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's kind of it. Like you get yeah, married, you, you get, get settled married, in. Yeah. A little bit. Get, yeah. Job you, security. Yes, yes. <laughs> and then you start having babies. Right. Or and you hope in, to have. Yeah, babies. you hope to have babies. So what we didn't know at the time was that I had endometriosis, and so it wasn't officially diagnosed, but I definitely knew kind of in my heart that something was probably up just because I had had really awful, awful, awful periods since I can remember even having a period. And so um, it just was really um, not that surprising when, yeah. you know, we had, you know, tried for a while. We went ahead and moved to El Paso that fall. And then um, I just went to the doctor and, you know, she was like, I'm going to send you to a specialist just because, you know, you've been um, trying for, you know, 10 months or so and nothing's happening. So I uh, saw a specialist and through a series of tests, if you have gone through infertility or are currently, you know what that's like, you know, so a ton of, you know, blood work and um, just kind of invasive, not mm. fun stuff. So um, that was in the fall. And then in the spring, uh, that February of the next year, so 2013, my doctor decided, you know, let's do some laparoscopic surgery. Everything looks good. The only thing we can't see is endometriosis. And I'm betting that's what you have. And so, mm. uh, he went in and he actually, you know, cleared me out. <laughs> there was some other stuff going on, scar tissue, yeah. from, you know, when I had an appendectomy when I was little, just a bunch of stuff. And so he cleared me out and he said, well, no wonder you're not getting pregnant. If you're mm. not pregnant by July, you know, come see me again. Um, and sure enough, nothing happened. Um, and so the next year, you know, we were just kind of like, we weren't feeling like we were in a hurry to have kids. It was yeah. just kind of like, okay, well, like nothing's happening still. So I don't know, you know, I don't know what to do about that. So we went in 2014, the January of 2014, back to see him. Mm. And he was like, you know, uh, the more periods and the more cycles you go through, the worse your endometriosis is going to get um, just because it's uh, estrogen fuels, mm. fuels the growth of um, endometriosis. And so, you know, he said you could think about doing IVF or um, fertility drugs. So that's kind of where we were at the beginning mm. of 2014. And so how was, like, how was that? Because you, you know, you said you guys weren't really in a hurry. Right. And I don't know, like, if you have, I imagine if you have, like, your friends all around you that are getting pregnant, that can yes. be really hard. So sure. how were you guys feeling throughout that two years? Yeah, two years. So I guess at that point, yeah, it had been about two years. Um, and, you know, we were at the point where it was, like, obviously hard. Right. I mean, like 
for me, and I think many women who are experiencing infertility, you know, it's like, well, this is what my body was made to do. And it's Mm -hmm. not for, it's broken. It's not Mm -hmm. working. Um, And so we definitely knew that obviously like God had a plan for our life, but that was not what we wanted it to be. And it was just like something hard to walk through, you know, to know, you know, to see people's families growing. And I think this is just, you know, the way it is, you know, you see people's families growing and you wonder when it's going to be your time, you know, taking tests and not, you know, them being negative, pregnancy tests being negative and everything. So it was hard, but I think the hardest thing for me, was just the pain. Like every month Mm. I was in pain and like really awful. Um, I mean, I remember calling Jimmy at work one time, like being in the bathroom, being so sick and calling him at work and saying, I, I think I'm going to pass out. Can you, oh my gosh. can you come home and help? Take yeah. Care? Help you. Yeah. <laughs> Which is awful. Such an awful feeling, you know? Um, and so anyway, it was, it was hard, obviously it was really hard, um, yeah. but not hopeless. Like they never, my, like no one had ever told us like, you can't have kids or, you know, anything like that. It was just kind of like we're going to see what happens. But yeah, I didn't want to do IVF personally because, um, I was just, we were just weren't at that place where we, we felt like, you know, we were still relatively young. Cause like I said, yeah. we, were, we were babies when we got married. Yeah. Um, so we just, we knew we had some time, um, but it just wasn't happening as we thought it would. Yeah. So, um, decided not to do IVF or any fertility drugs. And mostly that was just because, um, I just was tired of people poking me and going yeah. through all the tests and I just didn't really feel like that was the right timing for us. Yeah. Yeah. So then what happened, what happened next? What was okay. next? Yeah. Step? So, um, basically we just kind of let it lie and we thought, you know, maybe we should consider adopting. Um, we had wanted to adopt. We had, that was something we'd always talked about, but our plan was kind of, um, to wait until we had biological kids, mm-hmm. kind of see, you know, how many kids we wanted to have. Um, and so, but we were totally, you know, open to that and wanting to do that. And, you know, had known people from our church in Austin who had adopted and, um, you know, just felt that that was part of our story. We just thought it was kind of like the, not the it'd plan be, B, but like the later part of our yeah, story. Yeah, it'd be different. Yeah, it yeah, would be yeah. different. It would look different. Um, and so what happened, so that was kind of on the table and we were kind of thinking through different options and kind of loosely Mm -hmm. playing around with the idea. And then I went to Rwanda, um, that summer of 2014, um, with a ministry called African new life. And there's a woman who works stateside, um, for that ministry and her name's Natalie Green. And she, um, I, I met her there. She had adopted and she was like, you know, if this is something you're thinking about, I'd love to give you the name of my agents. Mm. It's been a really wonderful experience. Um, and so, um, we connected with the agency that she had adopted her son from. Mm. Um, and so they're out of Houston, they're wonderful. And, um, we started that process in the fall. Mm. So God really used that trip in Rwanda to connect us with Natalie, Mm. um, who connected us with our agency. And um, we started doing the paperwork in the fall of 2014. Mm. Um, Yeah. And then we kind of, we did our home. By the time we submitted the paperwork, we had an interview. We did our home study. 
that was like the end of December when our home study was completed and submitted, like all our paperwork was done. Now it was just waiting. Wait. Yeah. Was it it easy when you, um, like, did you just know that it was the right next step or you were in the right place when you met Natalie? Yeah. Because you you guys didn't go to, I mean, you didn't go to Rwanda looking no. to adopt or like thinking right. yeah no, you were just going like there totally, to serve yeah, yeah it was totally right. not associated it was just um as I got to know this woman who was part of mm-hmm. the ministry um you know I started thinking maybe this is you know providential that that you know I would it was just definitely something to explore you know yeah. kind of like okay yeah. this is um not Maybe not like co- an coincidental. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Um, so definitely, like we felt like by design, mm-hmm. we were we were connected to Natalie, who connected us to Charlotte, who's the yeah. woman from the agency. Um, and so we met Charlotte. We really loved her and loved um, kind of her philosophy. You know, one thing that she she says and that she does is she doesn't um, connect you. Typically, she doesn't connect you with a birth mom or a family or a baby before the the mom has the baby. And so you don't know, you don't know what's happening behind the scenes. Mm. And then you get a call once the birth mom has um decided like this is this is a choice I want to make Mm. um and so she's very uh protective of the birth mom and we really like that because adoption can be very complicated it can be unethical um there's a lot to it and we Mm. really felt that this was um that the that the agency was truly a ministry to birth moms and Mm. we got to kind of be a part of that Mm. So you guys got, um, we'll, well, let's back up for the, the whole process yeah, of the yeah. paperwork and stuff. Like, what is that? I mean, I've never gone through that. I don't sure. know. So what is that like? Is it hard it's, and emotional yeah. and taxing? Like, what is it? it? It's long. It's a lot of work as it should be. Like, I don't think, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you should not right. be able to just like fill out a one page form and go right. adopt a baby. Um, it's very in-depth. It's intensive. Um, I, the questions that we had to answer, you know, it's, a lot about motivation it's a lot about um you know what are you going to do if or what are you going to do when and just really it it's part of the process I think to make you really think about what you're doing and why you're doing mm-hmm. it and why you want to adopt um and so we were appreciative of that for sure yeah. but yeah no it took I mean it took us months and then there's like the logistical piece to it where it's like you have to go get um a physical you have you know you have to wow. get you know, your home study done. And you, so you're like going through all of these kind of logistical things as well. Um, so yeah. And then also on the paperwork, you know, you have to answer questions that are hard, like, um, you know, if a child uh, almost like what kind of, um, you know, disabilities are you willing to, Mm. you know, accept or to, to parent, you know, and that part's hard too, because you're, you know, you're like, well, am I a terrible person? <laughs> right. If this feels like too much, if this like feels like too much for me or, right. you know, so we really were just um, really open. We decided we would approach it with real openness because we knew this was God's story and we wanted like whatever happened, happened. So we didn't choose, you know, there's places where you can choose like gender or mm-hmm. ethnicity and we were like, whatever, you know, whatever, yeah. whatever God sends our way. That's our yeah. story. 
So when you w- once you submitted the paperwork, how long like what what happened next? What yeah, so this was really cool. So you know, again, you don't know what's going on. So yeah, Char- Charlotte might know like okay, I have this mom I've been talking to, um, and I think this would be a great match. But she doesn't say anything until you know the baby comes and the mom is a hundred percent sure that this is what I want to do. So. Uh, submitted all of our stuff in December, November, December. And then in February, uh, we got a call on February 9th of 2015 Mm. that there was a baby girl in Dallas. So Mm. really it was like a month month or two. Yeah. Yeah. There's a baby girl in Dallas and, you know, do we want to accept that referral? And we said, absolutely. You know, we got, we got Mm -hmm. a little more information and, um, you know, we thought, yeah, this would be wonderful. So, um, we had to wait a few days and that's the crazy part because you're, you know, that it's a possible match, but you don't really know because in Texas, the way that it works is the, the birth mom can't sign any paperwork for 48 hours um, mm. after the baby's born, which is great. It's, yeah. it's yeah. very wise and smart. And so um, you're kind of in this limbo. And so Charlotte, every day, you know, she's calling us multiple times a day, giving us updates. And, you know, she said, at any time, this might not work. So I yeah. just want you to know that at any time, she, the birth mom can change her mind. And that's okay. And that's actually, you know, a ideal. healthy, a yeah. healthy, ideal, right, good thing. And so you know, you're just in this place where it's, and this is the messy part of adoption, where you, um, it's something that's really hard and broken, but God makes it beautiful. But it's definitely very complicated. And and, um, and so it was really neat because we, so this was like a Monday when we got the first call and our daughter Perla is what we named her. And I'll tell you more about that in a second because it's a very cool story, but um, she was born on a Sunday. We got the call on Monday and we flew in on Wednesday. And I mean, I mean, Charlotte is like, you could get to the hospital and her birth mom could say, okay, like she could meet you and say, nope, no thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to do this. So you're just very, it's a very vulnerable and very, yeah. um, not scary, but just very, you just don't know. There are no guarantees. So we flew in, we decided on her name on the plane, mm-hmm. um, there and, uh, we, we would go up and this is really cool. We, um, go up to the nursery. And so we're on the elevator with a nurse and she says, um, well, who are you here to visit? And we said, Oh, we're actually here to adopt, um, a baby girl. And she had been, ta- she was a NICU nurse. So she had been taking care of our daughter mm-hmm. and she said, Oh, um, you're, you're here for baby park, which is Perla's, um, kind of birth name, her last mm. name. Um, and we said, yeah, we're here for baby park. And she said, I want you to know that I am a birth mom and I, um, my, I placed my daughter up for adoption when I was young because, yeah, because, um, I wasn't in a place to take care of it and it was the best decision I could have ever made. And so she was speaking to us from wow. a birth, like a birth mom experience and saying like, you're, what you're doing is, is really it's a good thing. It's a good, like, this is a good thing. And so that was just, 
so sweet and I'll always remember that conversation and so mm-hmm. we go up to the uh, not to the NICU but to the um to the nursery because Perla was healthy and everything so we go up to the nursery and we we get to see her through the window but we can't hold her yet because you know there's not she's not ours mm-hmm. <laughs> um right. and we we go to the room where we got to meet Perla's birth mom and her aunt and her grandmother and that was really cool mm-hmm. um and they're Korean and um as we're speaking and talking, you know, they asked like, what do you, what do you want to name her? And uh, we said, we think we want to name her Perla and her mom and her birth, um, her grandma just start crying. And they're like, um, we, we, let's see, the grandmother said, when I was pregnant with my daughter, Perla's birth mom, I had a dream that I was walking on the beach, picking up pearls. And her name means beautiful pearl. I know. And she and um, Megan means pearl, and so that's why we were, you know, that's kind of one place it came from. Um, and so it was just like this very, again, providential. That's so beautiful. Lord. Yeah, like that. Yeah. And, and Perla is six now, and she knows that story. And we talk really openly with her um, mm. about adoption and. So she knows her story. She knows where she comes from. And she knows that we all, like, my name means Pearl. Her name means Pearl and her birth mom. Mm. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So it was just really sweet. And, um, again, just kind of a confirmation. So the whole uh, the whole process, of course, is really hard, but also, like, really beautiful. Because yeah. We, we felt these little confirmations along the way. Um, so, yeah. So it was really sweet to be able to meet her birth mom and to know her and, you know, to be able to, to have that conversation. It's a lot of people who adopt don't get that. And that was really special for us. Yeah. So do you, um, I really appreciate you sharing that part. Um, I had not heard that and it's just so beautiful. Um, so do you, do you get to, what's the relationship and the dynamic with, yeah, the birth, her birth mom is, is there one? Um, well, there is, no, there's not really a relationship. We have, um, a semi-open adoption and, um, that was by the birth mom's choosing. We were open to having open adoption. Um, and really, um, Charlotte says it's, it's obviously this is the hardest thing any woman could, could ever do. Yes. Um, and so we left it up to her mom to, to, have that relationship, whatever that, whatever she wants that to look like. So, um, that's kind of where we are right now. It's not, it's not there, but we are obviously very open to it. And, um, I mean, we talked to Perla about her birth mom and she knows her name and, um, you know, she's, so it's just, it's just kind of, um, we've had a few kind of check-ins from her, which Mm -hmm. has been good. And it's all through the agency. Yeah. And we send the agency pictures and updates and stuff like that. Um, so yeah. that if her mom wants um, information, she doesn't necessarily have to contact us. Like she can, oh, have, that's it, great. She yeah. can have it there um, without feeling like she has to, you know. Yeah. Cause that would be really hard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's hard. Absolutely. So then what, um, so then what happened next? <laughs> okay. So then, <laughs> so fun. Um, so then, Perla's wonderful and by the time she's like 18 you know 18 months old a year and a half we're like okay this is fun let's think about adopting again 
Um, but we just weren't sure how we were going to go about doing that. And if we wanted to do, you know, try it foster to adopt again, we're just like very open to how God wanted to build our family. And so that was in the fall of 2016, probably, I think this was like in, um, September we're like, okay, let's start thinking about it. Mm -hmm. One of our friends gets married, um, in Boston. So we like go on this trip to Boston. We're like after Boston, we'll come home and we'll start really exploring our options. We go to Boston, we come home, and Charlotte calls us. So remember, she's from the agency. Mm -hmm. She says, "Um, have you guys ever thought about adopting again? And we were like, absolutely. Yeah. Like the conversation we're in right now. And uh, she says, well, there is a mom in El Paso. And y'all are the only people I know in El Paso. And there's a mom in El Paso who's looking for a family uh, for her son. And um, I would love to connect you guys. Mm. And so we were actually able to meet in person um, our son's birth mom. So his name is Jack. So we were able to meet Jack's birth mom um, when she was about 34 weeks pregnant. Um, And again, it's so, I mean, it's, it's so incredible to be able to have that experience. Um, And also like so bizarre, you know, because like Mm -hmm. you're, you're meeting a woman who, you know, she's basically interviewing you and, you know, wants to know about you and about your life. And, um, it was really a gift to meet her. She is very, um, such a strong, uh, personality. Just, she really has this deep inner strength and she, we were able to kind of witness that. And when you know, Jack, it makes sense. It makes sense. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and so, it was really cool, but like so bizarre too, you know, like we're sitting at a Starbucks, like with this woman and, you know, we're talking about her baby and what she wants and what does that look like? And what does she want for her son? And, um, anyway, so we stayed in contact with her and a few weeks later, Jack was born. So that was also a super fast process. Um, and really cool because we were able to know her before Mm-hmm. And to be in the hospital with her after, um, like I spent the day, you know, in the nursery, um, uh, with her and with Jack and being mm-hmm. able to hold her and talk to her. And, um, that, so it was just really unique and very hard and emotional and really special, but she, um, was really amazing. I always remember when, you know, we, um, signed the paperwork and before she left the hospital, she handed Jack to me and she said, he is my life. I'm giving you my life. <laughs> yeah. Like take care of this baby. Oh and I was gosh. like, okay. You know, so we've really had some amazing experiences with um, both of the birth moms of our children. And I think it's a very, just gave us a lot of insight into that decision and what goes into it and a true, true respect for birth moms. So that's been really special for us. Yeah. Like I, I couldn't imagine, I mean, it's such, I think you said it earlier and it's so true. It's just, there's so many parts to adoption on both ends, you know, like all of them, the kids, the adopting parents, and then the, the parents that are giving their kids up for adoption that like, I think, you know, one of, it would just be so hard for me to take a baby from the mom Oh, not yeah. that you're not that you're like taking the baby. That's not it. But you know what? I'm that exchange sure, would sure. be so hard. Like, how do you 
I guess maybe it's just being in the experience and talking to the mom that you get yeah. that other side of the picture too that For helps sure. you be able to do that, right? Yeah, I think because you know, like you said, it's the hard. I mean, it's the hardest thing in the world, and you can't you can't imagine. I can't imagine, you know, putting my child in another person's care for whatever reason, you know, feeling that that is the best possible choice, but that's where it is. And so I think because you know, this, this person is entrusting me with the best possible choice that they Mm -hmm. have, Mm -hmm. it feels a lot more like a responsibility and much, Mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't feel like you're like, you know, like you said, like taking them or, you know, like, so it's almost like you, because you know, the other side of the story, it's almost right. like you're helping. Yes. And, and from that perspective, it's, it seems like it's easier. I mean, yeah, it's still it's hard, the, but it feels more of like an interesting, someone yeah. is interesting, their greatest <laughs> treasure to you. Yeah. And you are um, tasked with loving this child and caring for it and, you know, it's, it's, um, it's a deep honor and privilege. And that's what it feels like. It feels like, um, this, this, this person is doing the hardest possible thing for the best possible reason in their eyes, you know? Mm. And so your, your job is to take that on. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is too, like, you know, a lot of people think that adoption is just you adopt and then it's over. Like, I adopted. It's like, mm-hmm. no, adoption is a lifetime. Like, I will, for the rest of my life, be shepherding my children through adoption and, mm-hmm. what, that, and what that means. And both of my kids are uh, cross-cultural as well. And so mm-hmm. Jack, Jack is Mexican, Perla is Korean. Um, and so there's that dynamic as well that it's, you know, how do you do like for the rest of their life, how do you speak that identity into them? And yeah. how, how do you foster that as well? So yeah. it's very, it's ongoing, it's lifelong. It is not like I adopted, we're done with adoption. It's like, yeah, it's forever. Yeah. That was my, that was kind of my next um, question is like, yeah, so you adopt and then, you know, it's one thing to to birth babies mm-hmm. and to parent them and raise them. Mm-hmm. Um, that is, that in itself is a huge responsibility and gift. And then, but then when you add adoption on top of it, like you're saying, right. that's a whole nother. And then right. you have the cultural side that it's, um, so right. do, you, do you guys like, I mean, there's parenting classes obviously, but are there right. like, do you do like, you know, adoption classes at like, you know, two years yeah. old or at like yeah. 13? Like, is no, there things like that? Yeah, we don't. I mean, we try to stay, we try to stay very educated in just in terms of what we're even what we're reading. Um, like there is a, um, a book that that came out a few years ago by a Korean ad- adoptee. So she was adopted mm-hmm. by white American parents and Mm. um it's a lot about her experience and so we you know we read that we thought that was really important um to know and just to kind of glean so we we really try to read and learn about experience adoption experiences from um other perspectives besides Mm. so like from adoptees from birth parents yeah Um, so that's really important but really I mean you're you're in charge of educating yourself and yeah. you know, it really um I don't know I mean like we 
I don't feel like we need a parenting classes in terms of like, you know, how to take care of a, a baby. But, right. I mean, well, first everyone, everyone does, right? Because <laughs> your hand, you know, you're we're not like, experts. Yeah, yeah. You're discharged yeah. from the hospital. It's like, you're like wait, what? You. Okay, wait, what? What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> um, do this car seat and yeah, work. totally. Um, so, so just in terms of really trying to stay, I guess, abreast of other, um, other perspectives and other experiences because yeah. I think adoption does get very, um, you know, uh, romanticized. Yeah. And, um, I think that's a da- kind of a dangerous, a dangerous thing. So yeah. it's, good, it's good to be able to enter into other people's stories and to know, okay, like when, like these are questions Pearl is going to have, or, you know, like Jack wants, is going to want to know, you know, X, Y, and Z. And right. how, do we, how do we respond to that? Um, and just to validate those feelings and those questions. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's not just a topic and you get to show up on a, you know, magazine cover because you've adopted <laughs> right. all these kids. Yeah, it's like, yeah, you know, these absolutely. are like real lives and yeah, yeah no, it's a, a big responsibility. So you have two super fun cutie oh, kids that oh, you adopted. The and the then best. what happened? Okay, so then, <laughs> this is the best I story. love okay. it. I love it. We went, we went to Italy. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah, we did. Um, <laughs> so then at this point, we've been married for about 10 years. And um, we went to Italy on an anniversary trip. But actually, before that, before we went to Italy, um, you know, like I said, like we had been, I had been sick for a long time. So during this time, still having endometriosis, it's just mm-hmm. the worst. And at this point, I'm like ready to just get a hysterectomy get because yeah. I'm like, I just don't want to deal with this. I will adopt all of the children all day long. I love adoption. You know, we've, it, it was just, I just don't want to be sick anymore. Yeah. So at that point in time, we had some people um, come to our church and the woman was, um, they were kind of guests at our church and the woman came to speak and she had had endometriosis. And so she said, you know, can I pray for you? And I said, absolutely. And we had had over time, you know, like so many people praying for us Um, and for me and just for healing, I would just, you know, stop being sick. And so um, she prayed and then I just got the sense that like God was going to heal me. And, Mm. um, and a friend who was also there said, I think you're going to have one more cycle and you're, then you're going to get pregnant. Like, I feel, I feel like that's going to happen. Mm. Like, okay, sure. You know, <laughs> you know, we've been talking cool. about this for 10 years or yeah. so, you know, so, yeah. okay, whatever. Yeah. Um, and sure enough, Kim, sure enough, we go to Italy, we get home. Um, I had a cycle like right before I went to Italy, <laughs> came home uh, the next month, found out I was pregnant. <laughs> it was so bizarre. That is nuts. Yeah. So I was a few days late and, um, you know, which meant nothing because, you know, yeah. it, it, my cycle is all over the place. And but I was like, I'm just going to go get a, a test just just to rule it out. I know right. I'll start tonight. You right. know, if I take the test, it'll, it means that I'll start. <laughs> so yeah. right. I uh, took the test and um, peed on the stick, left it on the counter a few minutes later, came back to look at it and said, holy shit. <laughs> I will remember holy, it. Oh, my God. Thank you. Jesus. Oh, wait. Holy wow. shit. Oh, like, my what? God. What, what is happening? Is this yeah. true? Yeah. So it took a few tests uh, to double check. And, yeah. Um, yeah. That's God healed me. 
Um, so that was really cool. And, you know, another thing, so I will always and forever say that that is the reason that I got pregnant. Um, another thing that I'm super passionate about is we, we started learning a lot about, um, like endocrine disruption and how can like kind of, um, environmental toxins and how that affects your, your, um, body and, um, kind of keeps you from functioning the ways, um, that, they were designed to. And so for about like a year prior to me being pregnant, we had been using kind of cleaner products. And, mm-hmm. um, and so a year after that we got pregnant. So I, I'm a big believer that there are things that we can do, you know, just like exercise or, um, you know, things that we can do to take care of ourselves yeah. that allow our bodies to function and are a, a step in that healing process. And so, I'm a big believer, um, just that there are things, you know, our environment has been so engineered, um, that that to be, you know, very far from nature in terms of chemicals and toxins and things like that. And so once you kind of eliminate some of those things like, Mm. you know, plastic, you know, heating up your, you know, your plastic in the microwave, just things like that are kind of coming more and more to the forefront um, you know, you can really allow your body to function the way it was designed to. Yeah. So you like you, so you organic and food and all that stuff, but then you, you went as far as all the way to your beauty products and now with yeah. beauty counter and yeah. like all yeah. of that combined. And do you, totally. do you use, um, like clean cleaning products too? Yeah. So, uh, we just started using this brand called branch basics that someone introduced me. The thing that is very cool right now is that, as science, I mean, this is all like science-based thing. So as the science is, has been like evolving and coming mm-hmm. out over the last 20 years, but mostly, you know, like over the last few years, um, brands are adapting mm. to, to that science. And so there's a lot more, you know, availability Options, for, yeah. for products. But yeah, I mean, we love Branch Basic. Seventh Generation is another great one. Um, you know, I've I'm by no means like a sustainability expert or like a living expert. I mean, like we still use, you know, there's still plastic all around our house and yeah, uh, but we're doing what we can. can. And then as our, you know, finances allow to kind of cut down on some of those, some of those factors. So yeah, um, yeah, cleaning products, what you eat. um, I mean, like your mattress. I mean, it's crazy. The amount, like everything has, um, you know, is made of something, something. In it. And, and, yeah. is that, and is that something um, gonna that you're touching or that you're sleeping on every night or that you're um, putting on your body, you know, every day as you right. head, head out the door? Like, how is that affecting? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I wasn't, I've always gravitated towards, you know, I'm definitely a, you know, inner hippie for sure, <laughs> but I love lipstick too. So that gets yeah. complicated. <laughs> <laughs> So like organic was always yeah. like a no brainer for me as, right. as our, like you're saying, as our finances allow it. Um, but when you introduced me to beauty counter, I was like, Oh, this is fun. And I was using another company yeah. um, and I liked it, but I was using it cause it was like posh. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't so much like, it was kind of more of a surface level um, sure. understanding. Sure. Um, but noticing the difference when you get a high quality, good quality ingredients and right. a company like beauty counter that cares about right. their mission and what they're yeah. actually doing and their people. Absolutely. Um, I, it's great because I obviously notice a difference in my skin, sure. but I do feel really good. And like, I was just, when you were talking, yeah. I was looking at your skin and it is, <laughs> I mean, no joke, like it's totally glowing. <laughs> 
And I have to say too, I, uh, my daughter, we're started like, she's um, in fifth grade about to be in sixth. And so yeah. I have started like really teaching her how to sure, wash her face and take care of her skin. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it's a noticeable difference. Like we're just using the I think it's like the cocoa cream cleanser, yeah, you know, yeah, like the basic, yeah, the, yeah, basic stuff. the yeah. basic one. Um, and she, I mean, she uses it. She's, you know, we're still working on it or whatever, <laughs> but the difference, you know, like the two it's, things, yeah. like the difference in her skin yeah. and then the fact that I trust beauty mm-hmm. counter and the company sure. that it's just easy for me to let her go in there and wash her face. Right. It's like not, I just you don't, don't have to worry about I, it. I don't you have, have to worry about, about it. it. I know. No. That's so nice is that they do all of the, they're kind of doing all of the science for you so that when you need X, Y, or Z, whether that's deodorant or body wash or shampoo or, you know, face products, um, they have it. And so that's really cool. And one thing that really I love about Beauty Counter that connects, I feel like, to our story besides, um, you know, the infertility piece is that, um, you know, they aren't just, it's not just about like not putting certain ingredients in the products. It's about like, the packaging, like what packaging mm-hmm. is it in? It's about like, where are those products being sourced? And this is what I love about Beauty Counter is like that we're truly trying to go to the source to figure out if the vanilla in our lip gloss mm-hmm. is, um, how is that sourced? And mm-hmm. if it is hurting women and children is, or is it supporting the community? And so we're really like going into communities around the world to partner with you know, what's already happening there, Mm -hmm. like what, 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 um, you know, foundations or kind of co-ops or whatever already in place and partnering with them to make sure that a, like women are getting paid, that Mm -hmm. families can stay together so that women can take care of their children. And so it's really powerful when you, um, you know, not just what's going on in your body is safe for you. Yeah. But really like you can trace it back to the source. And yeah. It's actually safe for that person to produce an ingredient that goes into my lip gloss. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's, it's so cool. awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's such a holistic company. It's it really is. great. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So you, so you get pregnant. Yeah. So get back pregnant. to the pregnant. Yeah. Yes. So, um, that was our third child. His name's Teddy and he's so, so cute. cute. <laughs> So we have Perla, Jack, and Teddy, and I'm like, three's good, like three feels, you know, like as, you know, Teddy is like getting older, we're like, three feels great, I can do three, um, and Jimmy, you know, Jimmy's like, we're not sure if we're done, you know, like we're not 100% sure, but it's like, mm, like feels cool. 80 or 90, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're, we're satisfied, yeah, um, and last May on Cinco de Mayo, so almost a year ago. Um, gosh, I was feeling a lot like I did when I found it. Oh I was pregnant gosh. with Teddy. <laughs> like I was a few days late, feeling kind of crampy, but nothing was really happening. Yeah. And I was like, you know, let's just be safe. Let's yeah, just be safe. I'd and at this point, you know, like I didn't know if I could get pregnant again. Like Teddy yeah. was such a surprise because. I mean, it just, it was, it just was shocking. I mean, it was like, I was still in shock that I had, you know, grown and birthed a baby. Right, point. right. And, um, and so I just didn't even know I could get pregnant. And then, um, you know, it's COVID, right? So we're like all in quarantine. Jimmy's working from home. Yeah. Um, I send him to the store. Uh, actually, this is really funny. I was on a beauty counter phone call and someone was like, will you share your recipe for margarita? You know, so I'm like <laughs> teaching people. I'm like mixing a little tequila drink. 
Here, here's how to make a paloma. You know, here's this tequila, my favorite tequila. Here's my grapefruit. Yeah. And some lime. And so I like drinking a, you know, drinking a paloma. Yeah. And um, Jimmy comes back from the store with a pregnancy test. You know, it's just kind of like whatever. Again, this is. Yeah, not, just going through the motions. Yeah. Pee on the, pee on the stick. Sure enough. Oh my God. But you have got to be kidding me. This is the craziest thing. Yeah. And so I just remember like, he's like at the desk in the living room and he had like forgotten I was even taking, you know, he's yeah. like, whatever. Yeah. So I just come in and I hold the, you know, stick up. Yeah. Like I look at him across the house and hold the stick up and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and he, and he just does this like, <laughs> like it was just like he put his head down and was like I can't believe this yeah totally it. um so yeah so in so I was pregnant all during COVID and just had Annie in January so we have a four-month-old a two-year-old a four-year-old and a six-year-old oh my so, gosh girl <laughs> no and we're done we're good we really are but I always joke I'm like when the Lord heals you and says you're healed you better believe it yes or you will suffer the consequences abundance, <laughs> no. abundance. Um, so yeah we couldn't imagine life without Annie so so thankful and that yeah. is I mean that is an incredible story of how God built our family it's yeah. just I only it. something he could do and it's beautiful and I would not change it I would not change it yeah What's um what's one thing that you wish you knew then, the very beginning of all this, that you know now that would have helped you? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, well, I mean, I think it's God, I'll say this. I think that even if I knew I was going to get pregnant later, you know, mm-hmm. um, I think that one thing that I would tell myself, I guess, then is that the the you're going to, the pain is not designed to hurt you. You know, a life experience is not mm-hmm. designed um, to hurt you or, um, you know, to, to cause pain in your life, but that is necessary for growth and for learning, you know, like it's hard to learn. So when your life is super easy, <laughs> you know, yeah. you're not necessarily yeah. learning the deep places and deep lessons that God wants to show you. And so, I mean, I think that the biggest thing, the biggest piece of encouragement is that I would tell myself, like, you're going to learn about more about who God is and about his character because of what you're walking through. Um, And I think, you know, at the time it's a lot more, it feels a lot more just about you and like, gosh, this is really hard. And Mm -hmm. it feels less about, you know, it's more about how's God going to show up in my life, which is still a really good question and less about, how am I going to know God through what's going on? And so mm. I, for me, you know, that is encouragement is that, you know, whatever you're going through, whether that's, you know, a piece of cake or if it's, yeah. you know, and, and life is good, it's still how, how, what is God showing about himself in that, mm. in that place? Um, and I think for me, that's would have been like a, a nice, more of a focus. Reminder. Yeah. <laughs> so nice what reminder. did, so over the last um, seven years, what, what did, what did he show you about himself? Yeah, I think. Or what did you learn? Yeah, gosh, so So much. How long did you learn? I know, know. pick one, whatever bubbles up. Yeah. Um, gosh, I think that, I think that one thing that I have learned is that it truly is, um, about, 
trust, just trusting that God has a beautiful story and we don't see that right away. You know, we're not all, we're in it. We might not be happy with it, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, but it is a lot more about God's more concerned less with our circumstances. And he is of course involved and deeply concerned with those things, but he's, I feel like he's more concerned with our, the refining of our heart in in those circumstances and our Mm -hmm. response in those circumstances. And so I think that that's what I'm learning is like Mm -hmm. when, um, how beautiful it is to God when we trust him and when Mm -hmm. we allow our hearts to be refined in that place. Like that's Mm -hmm. the the sweet, that's truly is a a blessing and it blesses him. That's what Mm -hmm. we're made to do (laughs) to trust the Lord. So do you you think that you, um, do you think you could change the course? I mean, God's going to do what God wants to do. And thankfully it's always good. Yeah. Um, And you know, if you, if you would have chosen a different, you know, attitude or a different, you know, direction, sure. do you think that would have changed, um, the outcome? Do you think that would have yeah. changed? Oh, no. I mean, I not just, who God is, but right. I don't, I mean, I don't know. I, I think that, I mean, first of all, I, I think that the way he built our family was just perfect. I mean, I, I think about, you know, if I would have chosen, if we would have chosen, you know, not to adopt, like there would still be a Perla out there. There would still be a Jack out there, mm-hmm. but they wouldn't be, they wouldn't be our, in our family. And that mm-hmm. to me is just like unthinkable. I can't just, just as any mom with a baby biological or adopted, you know, mm-hmm. like you just can't, I mean, we've been their parents since day two and three, you know, right. <laughs> and that that's right. it, you know, there's no, so I think to me like that, even like thinking, you know, if we had chosen something different, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's unthinkable because yeah. you know, they're, they're ours, you know, they're our it's just babies. So perfect. Yeah. It's just so perfect. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I mean, so fascinating. It's so yeah. inspiring. I mean, you just have stayed the course and from day one, I mean, I think you're a steady Eddie anyway. Um, <laughs> super fun and super fashionable steady Eddie. <laughs> Thanks, girl. Um, but yeah, it's just been such a gift, even from a distance, to just see you guys and see your journey and your story, and knowing that it's all all for the good. You know, yeah, like you're yeah. not in it for yourselves; you're in it for the good. And yeah, I think that's really awesome. Yeah, well, it's definitely something that I feel like you know God entrusts each of us with with a piece mm-hmm. of his you know his story. We get to be a part of that, and we're invited into that. So. It's been fun and uh, it hasn't been super easy all the time. <laughs> and now we have four kids, so it's really not easy. Send her some, send her some tequila, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Casamigos is my favorite. Um, <laughs> um, so it's it's just truly, truly a fun and amazing story to be able to live out. Like, what a fun blessing! Like, we're we are full. We are very yeah. full. Yeah. I love it. And God wrote that. So we're so thankful. Yeah. I love that. Thanks, girl. <laughs> well, thanks for spending your Tuesday morning oh, with me. Thanks for having me. This is so fun. Yeah. And, um, love listening to you. Love what you're doing here. And really thankful to be a part of it. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Things I Learned Yesterday podcast. Come hang out with me on Instagram at Things I Learned Yesterday or say hi in an email at tilypodcast at gmail.com. Do me a favor and leave a review. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. See you guys next time.